Welcome to Experience Junkies. On this show, I spotlight meeting and event professionals, global travelers, jet setters, and more to relive the moments we never want to forget. More importantly, we'll attempt as best we can to transport listeners to transformational points in our lives, sharing our observations and emotions behind these stories. By diving into the indelible impact these experiences have had on us, we decode small takeaways about how to be better humans than we were yesterday. I know on Experience Junkies, we don't typically have what I would call adrenaline junkies on the show, but I am joined today by a repeat triathloner, Brett Musco. Brett has an interesting take on the accessibility and welcoming spirit of the triathlon community and how he makes training and experiencing the events a whole family affair. Listen in as I chat with Brett on why more people should consider joining the adventure sports lifestyle. Welcome back to the Experience Junkies podcast. Today I have with me Brett Musco. He is a triathlon athlete, uh, but I liked when I had a conversation with him before the episode that he told me the reasons that he does triathlons well might surprise you just a little bit. It's not the typical kind of adrenaline junkie that you might expect. So I'm so happy to have you here, Brett. Thanks for joining. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I've been uh, a huge fan and uh, we look forward to our conversation. Awesome. So before we start, go ahead and tell the people a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so, um, you know, I am based on the East Coast of the U.S., uh, and, you know, I've been kind of involved in endurance sports uh, since around 2017, so going on about five years now. Um, I started out by, by doing a charity open water swim, uh, and then, you know, I kind of fell down the hole of, you know, getting into running, getting into marathons, and now um, I actually do triathlons um, and started at some of, you know, the shorter distances. Uh, and now I've worked my way up in the last year to do a full distance Ironman triathlon in 2021. Now, I somewhat consider myself an athlete, but let me just say running anything more than a mile never has appealed to me. Uh, I'm not the strongest swimmer, and I haven't rode a bike since I was a kid. So kind of give the audience a little bit of uh, reasoning behind what drew you to triathlons and really kind of these uh, races and you know competitive sports in general. Yeah, so... I mean, I actually was not a athlete really at all. I was mediocre at high school golf uh, many years ago and did pretty much nothing uh, in college. So I definitely <laughs> didn't come from a, a running background. And, you know, I guess walking a golf course counts, but questionable. Right. <laughs> I think what has drawn me, and I mean, I got involved by, you know, I wanted to, I suffered some injuries in college, started swimming, and then I had always observed for 20 years growing up, this charity swimming in my parents, and that kind of got me, you know, something I really wanted to go after and try and experience. So that was kind of like my first, you know, I guess, pun intended, dipping my toe in the water. Um, I of, like that. some athletic stuff. <laughs> but, you know, one thing that has really drawn me to triathlon is, you know, the challenge of it. The fact that, you know, mm -hmm. you know, 100 meter dash, you're racing other athletes with triathlon you're not you're, you're really challenging yourself to do better and it's really more of a you know can i better myself and can i push myself beyond where i've gone before and i think you know actually going back to high school i think there's some similar traits in those two sports of like you're never going to play a perfect round of golf you could always have done a little bit better um you're never going to have a perfect triathlon you're always kind of working to improve and, and take those next steps 
I'm also, you know, a science and math person. I do I do project yeah. management outside of it. Uh, so I think it kind of ties into that personality that I have a little bit there too. Thanks for providing some context. So for all the either non-athletes or like people that didn't play sports as a child, you know, let Brett be your inspiration. Like it's never too late to uh, to try and to start. So uh, appreciate that you went from like relatively, you know, golf. And I totally understand. I did golf for one year in high school and um, yeah. <laughs> haven't done it since because that's how that's how mediocre or bad I was. But yeah, so anyone can start being active or doing some type of activity at any age, you know, regardless of what your previous experience was. So thanks for stating that. And I, and I really appreciated that you mentioned triathlons are not racers competing against other racers. It's you're competing with yourself. And, and what have you learned in that process of doing these triathlons and competing with yourself? Like what has that process of always trying to just better like your personal time and how you compete? uh, How has that, you know, impacted you? Yeah, so I mean, I I think there's a couple ways, you know, to impact in me. You know, one thing actually to kind of add a reason for about triathlon that's awesome is that there are all these different distances you can do, kind of like running. So like you don't have mm-hmm. to go out there and do an Ironman. You can kind of you know begin to scale out your own pace, whether it starts at something really short and then say like, oh, maybe I could do something a little bit longer. Maybe I could actually try this. Right. And and continuing to push that comfort zone has been something I've really kind of learned. Um, is like, you know, really being like, okay, you know, I, I can get this under my belt. I can take this small bite, you know, now I can actually push to something further. The other thing I think it, it really taught me is, you know, I am, uh, I guess you would consider me very type A. I like being very structured. I like having a schedule. It's taught me that like, you know, sometimes I have to break out of that, um, that, you know, mm. especially in, in longer triathlons, you know, it's such a long event. Stuff isn't going to go according to plan. You're gonna drop something. You're you're gonna you know uh, have a mechanical issue with your bike, um, or you know you don't know. Maybe it's gonna stop snowing or raining. Not saying that's right. gonna <laughs> in the middle of the race, but you have to be able to cope and, and do better on that. And you know you can't always compare one to one of like you know how I did in this race to that race because you know different conditions, different days, different weather, different events. But really being able to reflect and look back at like how you adjusted on the fly and, and how you're able to be flexible and kind of that challenge aspect of that too. Knowing that you briefly mentioned the Ironman and, you know, no one has to go out and run an Ironman, but can you give a little bit of context? And for anyone out there that doesn't know what a triathlon is, what a basic triathlon <laughs> is, and kind of how an Ironman might differ. Yeah. Yeah. So really in triathlon, in most sports races as, uh, as a whole, there's kind of a whole different set of them. Uh, triathlon typically is you swim, you then do a bike immediately afterwards and you run. There are variations of stuff like duathlons where you don't do the swimming if you're not comfortable with the swimming, where you just do the bike and the run. So there's all these kinds of perspectives. They really range in distance. You know, the standard, if, if you watch the Olympics, a lot of people, you know, see triathlon there for the first time. The standard distance there is, you know, you're swimming a mile, you're biking 25, and you're running uh, 10 kilometers, so about six miles. Um, but there are some that are, are shorter than that, um, about half that size, what's considered like a sprint distance. And Ironman is a much longer version of that. It's actually about four times that length. So in an Ironman, you're swimming wow. for 2.4 miles. You're then biking 112 miles. Once you get done with all that, you run a full marathon um, at the end of it. 
So it's an event that takes athletes. They normally are given a cutoff of 17 hours to complete it. Um, and it would take, you know, athletes mm -hmm. anywhere between, you know, nine hours and that 17 hours to complete. Wow. So essentially a full day of, of activity. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, one, oh one thing crazy that, that people don't realize is, you know, it's, it's 17 hours from race start, but a, a lot of us are there, you know, for many hours beforehand setting up, getting nutrition ready. So, you know, the race may start at sunup at like 7 a.m., but, you know, most people are there around 4 a.m. Uh, setting up their bikes, getting their gear ready. So it really becomes, you know, almost, you know, 4 a.m. to midnight for a lot of people. And then by the time they, they get home, uh, it's, it's a full night. What's interesting is I know you mentioned that you really incorporate your family with these runs in terms of traveling with you around the country to go to different ones. Why is it so important for you to include your family? And, and how, if you mentioned, you know, the prep and you may actually be there closer to 24 hours, you know, how do, you know, your wife and your kids, you know, cope with that? Yeah, I mean, people look at endurance sports as a lot of times being very individual because you see someone out biking alone, someone out running alone, but really it's not. And it, it really is almost a, it's a full-time hobby. It's, it's a full-time lifestyle that you're in. And to do that, I couldn't do it without my family. I couldn't do it without my, my wife understanding, you know, I'm going to go out and ride for five hours on a Saturday, or, you know, I'm going to be going to bed early because, you know, I have a big workout. Um, and really being there to support. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not a individual thing. It, it takes a team. It takes whether that's your family, your community, your friends. It, it's, a, it's a full team effort. And so it's really important for me to have them there on the race because, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, the race is like the tip of the iceberg. There's so much that's going into it beforehand. And that race really isn't, you know, people see it as the main event. For me and, and for my mm -hmm. family, it's kind of the celebration at the end of it. It's a celebration of the road mm. we've gone down to get there. Um, so it's really important for me to have them there because it's as much a celebration for me, but also a celebration for them because they've gotten me to that finish line. Hopefully to the finish line if I reach it there, oh, but they've gotten me, <laughs> right, gotten, right. Me, gotten me to that day. So for me, you know, I, I am, I like to travel a lot too. Uh, so, you know, it's always fun to do races in new cities and, you know, have my family come along to see those new cities. And I normally like to do my big race kind of end of the year, uh, obviously being on the East Coast here in the Northeast, kind of October, November, outside activities die down a little bit. Uh, definitely no swimming. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, try to do a big race kind of end of the year at destination where they can come along. So, you know, stuff that we've done before is, you know, my parents came down with me to Waco um, to do a race down there in 2019. My mom uh, loved Chipped and Joanna again. So going down to Magnolia Market down there was a great oh, trip nice. to see afterwards. You know, going out to kind of Indiana or New York City where, you know, I have some siblings with, you know, my family, my wife. And making a trip out of it, you know, going along and, you know, spending some time there afterwards when I can kind of unwind, explore a new city, enjoy time with them and really kind of soak in the celebration. That is kind of the end of a season and the end of a year. And I have to say, like, while I might be, it's a full day effort for me, it's a full day effort for them out there cheering. Yeah. Um, they're, they're crazy with the signs. Uh, they're, they're, I mean, my wife sometimes at my Ironman, I think she, she clocked in like five to eight miles of walking just running oh, around wow. uh, trying to keep up with me and, and, you know, taking photos and, and the family text message of how I'm doing it. It's always great. And it, it really fuels me in my races. And even after my races, 
to know that they're supporting me and that, you know, I'm celebrating what I've accomplished and how much they've gotten me to that. That's just so beautiful, Brett, that, you know, like your whole family's involved, you know, your parents, your wife, your kids. And, and how do you try and incorporate special family moments on race day, especially with you kind of being focused on the task at hand? Yeah, they're pouring love and everything into you. But how do you guys try to make um, either points of like connection between everyone or just, you know, extra little special memories that you can take with you after the race? Yeah, so, you know, it's always just the little things, um, you know, whether it be signs that I keep or, you know, trying to scout them out, give them high fives as I'm going by. And, you know, actually for Indiana, we packed, I packed up my wife a, uh, I called it my tri survival kit. It was, mm-hmm. you know, a whole bunch of stuff for her to do on the day when I'm out there for, you know, 10 hours, um, you know, a tent, you know, a book, you know, uh, some little bottles of wines and chocolates, little special memories we can do like that. Um, and then obviously, you know, right. the experiences afterwards are always good memories, um, whether it be, you know, road tripping back or, you know, spending time afterwards, you know, having that actual celebration with them. But really, you know, some of the most special things are just seeing them on the course and, and having that interaction. This last year, I got to do the New York City Marathon. Uh, and it was the first time uh, wow. my my brother's uh, new baby girl, uh, who was uh, just just under one year old, was out there, could steer along the course. And that was just super special and just something I'll always internally remember, I know. Yeah, that's, that's really nice. Now, on actual race day, you kind of talked about lengths and miles and distance for all the activities on a tri- on a Ironman, especially. I'm just thinking of the physical toll that takes, you know, people that run a marathon, usually their body is achy, their feet are blistery, you know, so when you tack on a a bike race and swimming onto that as well, I just can't imagine the physical feeling and toll it takes from your body. What is your why when you're out there on foot, on bike in the water and like, what keeps you going? Because I know there have to be moments of pain during that process. Yeah, yeah, there definitely is moments of pain. And I definitely think like, you know, the physical toll is one thing, but the the mental toll and the mental focus it takes to really be in the moment at that point in time and for that long period of time. One thing actually interesting about triathlon that maybe some people don't know is that actually you're not allowed any electronics when you're out there. Uh, So you're you're almost completely disconnected from the world for that time there's no music in your head you're purely Mm. there mentally and focused but for me you know my why is one to to push myself and and to find you know you know what my limit is but also to find what i have in in my body and know i can go before you know a lot of people who who train for something like a 5k or you know a 100 meter dash event right they've run the 100 meter dash hundreds of times beforehand when you're training for an ironman you never do an Ironman in practice. You have never done right. that just because of that tool, <laughs> right? So you're out there and you're doing it when I do my Ironman. That's the first time I've ever done those in a row. And like, you know, the the push to say like, you know, kind of trust my training, trust, you know, where I've gotten to uh, and stay kind of that mentally focused, um, really where it keeps me driving and to find, you know, what I'm capable of and, and maybe exceed what I think I'm actually capable of. The other thing I would say is, uh, Triathlons, endurance sports, the best crowds I think I've, I've ever seen. Uh, people always put up hilarious signs. People give you high fives. Mm-hmm. And, and I find that, you know, interacting with those crowds really is, is fuel. Um, it, it is the motivation to see, you know, 
the little kids running out to give their their parents a high five as they run by, or you know, I actually in one of my marathons, someone ran out with a box of donuts and ran alongside me and offered me a donut as I was running. <laughs> um, I decided it was best not to take the donut, but you know, still those little things really keep you going, and and the community that yeah. is around triathlon really is is motivational and and you know drives us all to do better. So you talked about uh, the mental toll that it takes, you know, to to stay motivated, to keep going. And like the purpose of doing these races is to challenge yourself mentally. So obviously you're running and you're biking and you're swimming to prep for race day. But how do you get your mind in mental shape for, you know, the the task at hand? Honestly, I I don't know if there's a good way to get it necessarily in mental shape. Uh, I think there Mm. is, you know just learning and practice and and then building trust in it and you know you have stuff go wrong in training and you kind of get to roll with those punches too uh and and kind of learn from that um whether it's i'm out on a ride and i get a flat tire in training you know still kind of pushing through we all have kind of good days we all have bad days uh and, and we find a way to kind of you know pick ourselves up and get and get through them and move forward um and i think you know taking time to really reflect on those when you're in training also helps you on race day. I'm not going to say it's, it's all, you know, amazing on race day. There are moments of doubt. There, right. there are really dark moments in my mind, mm-hmm. but you got to know how to kind of refocus on the big picture and, and what you're trying to accomplish and kind of push through. And I think that's something, you know, you can kind of take to everyday life a lot uh, and look at experiences. Um, so, you know, really, you know, in my training, I do do a lot of reflecting on, you know, how things went. And, you know, I learned the most from my bad days. I don't learn mm. much from the workouts that go perfect and I hit everything I want to do and I ran fast and ever. Sure, that, that's a good feeling, but I really learned from, from the challenging days um, and we're able right. to focus on those more than the successes. You kind of talked about, you know, the, the things that go through your mind. Can you walk us through, especially us non-athletes, some couch <laughs> potatoes or just non, you know, triathloners, walk us through what goes through your mind during a race, like whether it's during the transitions between the activities or just if you're having a low patch, how you talk yourself out of it. Like what's going through your mind in those moments? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it really starts early in the day and really the week of. One thing about training is, you know, those last couple of weeks, you're not doing a ton of training and it gets really nerve wracking. Those are like, I find those last two weeks before mm-hmm. race when you're in what, what's called a tape period the hardest uh, because you feel like you're not doing anything. You're worried you didn't do enough. You're stressing about packing. Uh, right. So, you know, really trying to focus your mind there is always a challenge and really trying to visualize, I think, before the race is something I always try to do, um, whether it be in transition in the morning of, running through checklists. On actual race day, if things are going well and, and things are feeling good, it, it's almost like a, a zen, almost like a meditation that you kind of get into, mm. especially I find on the bike. One thing about Ironman is you have to be very strict about your nutrition when you're, you're fueling on the bike. Simply, you know, you have to eat a lot of food. You're burning, you know, seven, ten thousand 10,000 calories in the race. You, you got to consume that right. while you're racing. Um, so, you know, you you kind of have practiced this set schedule where I know, you know, every 10 minutes, every 15 minutes, I'm going to be taking in some food, some water. Um, you know, I'm going to go through an aid station and swap out a water bottle. Uh, but eventually, you know, you practice this so much that it becomes almost kind of like second nature. Uh, and mm. like, you know, you're almost just sort of in the moment, taking it in, 
one thing, you know, we all have these gadgets telling us our pace, our power, our speed. Right. I, I often like to just turn them off and, and not focus on them and just listen to how my body is feeling during the race and listen mm-hmm. to, you know, that rather than, you know, what some number is telling me. That's where I find I perform the best. I think in terms of the dark moments that there's no no good way to really focus with them. We just kind of think of like, you know, <laughs> sometimes, you know, you, you see it and, and sometimes, you know, things don't go your way and you just got to focus on what you have accomplished. Um, I know at Ironman Indiana, I stumbled into someone right in, after I finished, they were just entering transition. They just got off the bike and they actually had missed the cutoff time. Um, so they weren't going to oh, be wow. allowed to go on to the run. Um, and they were, they were pretty upset. And I was talking to them and I was like, you know, at the same time, like, you just swam 2.4 miles and biked over a hundred, like, you know, right. 99% of people couldn't do that. Like that isn't the exactly. And, yeah. and sometimes you got to remind yourself of that and, and just pursue and do your best. And if that means you're walking the back half of the marathon, mm-hmm. so be it. I mean, it, you live, you learn, and, and you just got to kind of look at what you've got to do and how you've got to know. That's the beauty of these events, right? The community that surrounds them. And what have you found uh, that you really cling to or really cherish the most about whether it's the Ironman community or just, you know, triathlon community in general? What do you get from other people like yourself that embark on these types of races? Yeah, I, I think it's really just the kind of endurance sport community. You know, a lot of people, I think, on the outside, you know, see the professionals and they see like these intense, really focused, but, you know, the extra community right. is is so welcoming and warm and uh you know you go there and people aren't there to sabotage each other aren't there to prove each other they're mm-hmm. there to we are in this together and it's um right while in some aspects i think there's ways it can be more diverse one thing i do love is that you go there and you you see people in all walks of life that you show up for these races and you have everyone from you know teenagers who are doing their first race to, you know, the family getting out of their car with, you know, the six to seven, the eight year old who they woke up at 6 a.m. and they're, they're cheering right. for them. To, you have people doing these races who are 75 to 80 uh, and out there and, and all kind of collaborating, all going mm-hmm. together. You know, before the race, people are always super helpful. Um, I actually had a bit of a wardrobe malfunction in one of my races this year. Oh, the, no. <laughs> At this, not a at Janet, not line. a Janet Jackson moment. <laughs> not, not as bad. But at the start line, my uh, the top, the zipper to my top broke instantly. I, uh, think I, had, gotcha. I had five people trying to fix it for me. I had someone <laughs> brought me over, Bobby. Like just like incredible amount of support. Um, and even after the race, just like you know, strangers grabbing drinks together or sharing kind of the, those war stories afterward. I traveled to to one race this year. It was actually the first time I've done a race alone. Uh, my wife couldn't come along with me and I was down in North Carolina and the community was so welcoming with, you know, people often like, Hey, we know you're here alone. Like, you know, people will make signs for you. They make these lists and they cheer for people out of town or just afterwards I end up getting drinks with, you know, five complete random strangers who I never met before in the community. And now, you know, we bump and show that races and we talk and, right. and hang out. So I'm definitely just a super warm collaborative community to kind of get through these events. 
it reminds me of um, CrossFit because I think there's a similar yeah. uh, negative connotation with it. Like I, even myself, before I ever tried it, I assumed that it was all, you know, you see the people that do the CrossFit games and they're super competitive and like ripped and you're like, I, yeah. I can't do that. <laughs> and then when I started going, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's people of all walks of life. Like you mentioned, young, old, people that are obese and overweight that are doing, you know, modified exercises if need be. And it's a very welcoming kind of like all when you're in the workouts together you're helping each other there's a lot of partner workouts and it's like cheering each other on so i totally understand what you mean about you know outside looking in maybe it's a little bit more competitive than it actually is for those who are participating and it's really more welcoming and you know encouraging than people may think yeah even i would say even in the races like the athletes like i mean the spectators are incredible even the athletes people are encouraging each other like you know mm-hmm. if someone passes you or, or you pass someone there's almost always a word saying like oh great job keep on going people aren't like upset right. to see see people passing them um there's kind mm-hmm. of like wow good job or if you see some struggling you know people stop people help um right. and you know one actually I'm interested in that's, that's super special that I think maybe people don't know about is uh, this return to the finish line. So, you know, in a lot of the races, the pros, the early finishers, um, we all come back and we cheer in the final finisher um, of that race. Uh, and, you know, in some yeah. cases that might be, you know, 10 hours, nine, 10 hours after you finished. So, you know, you might finish, wow. you might, you might go home, have lunch, take a shower, you, People come back and they cheer on that final finisher. In the end, you know, we all have completed the same course. We all completed the same challenge in different times, maybe. But, you know, we all got through it. Uh, And it's really a special moment to see and and always great to be there for. Kind of like a no soldier left behind feeling, essentially. absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Brett, this has been so great. I've been, I've loved this conversation and I'm so glad that you joined. But one last question before we wrap up. Uh, If you had to pick a song to convey the experience of running a triathlon, whether it's an Ironman or another triathlon, or even just the experience of training and getting ready for race day, what would that song be and why? This is, this is a hard question. One, I think because, you know, uh, (laughs) we're not allowed to have music, so I I can't actually listen to music. So, you know, what I'm actually hearing on the course is just whatever spectators blasting. So you might find me running and Mm -hmm. dancing along to just random tunes on the side of the course. Yeah. Very eclectic. (laughs) I, I think I see two songs come to, to mind for me if I'm allowed to go with two, but, uh, I, I think the first Absolutely. Is, it's your world. We're just living in it. So uh, the first, I guess, is sound of my dad. He, he's a big classic rock fan. But um, one song I always remember growing up was uh, the song uh, Show of uh, Life by Fish, actually. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that song to me really reflects the whole community around it. Everyone who's out there that day. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, just taking in the crowds and in, in the experience in the moment. Um, and really, you know, appreciating everyone who's there, everything that's going on, um, and not being so, you know, focused and, and regimented, um, and, and really welcoming community. I guess a, a more modern song that also comes to my mind is uh, Can't Hold Us by uh, Macklemore. One oh, great okay. pump-up song. Uh, so if, if anyone's at a race, yeah. please play that. We all love it. Uh, it keeps us going. <laughs> yeah. But universal um, playlist yeah yeah universal playlist right there um th- there's particularly 
one, I, I think I have this song like memorized at some point. So it's great because I can sing it to myself when I'm running, although I'm an awful singer. Uh, <laughs> and uh, there's one line where, where he really talks about, you know, just to live life and, you know, that like, you know, you have, you know, your family, your friends, your city, your community behind you. And that, you know, you can lean on them when you fail, or you can lean on them when you have four days and you can lean on them to, to get energy. And that's really something, you right. know, that's important to me, whether you have a family who, who can make all the races or whether you've built your own family with your friends or whether you, you've built it with the community. Really in triathlon, that community there is to support us and it's what gets us through it. And that song really resonates with me on that, that part. Nice. Well, you are the first guest to offer two songs. So uh, that's an experience Chunky's little milestone there. (laughs) (laughs) Now, before we sign off, Brett, let people know where they can find you uh, on the interwebs, if you want to be found, that is. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm always uh, super pumped to connect. So I do have an Instagram uh, at keep on trying uh, that you can find. I also do have a website slash blog I have been starting up. Really easy to remember, brettmusico.com. And if anyone is really interested in learning more about it, uh, they can definitely reach out to me there. I, I always like trying to bring new people into the community, the sport that people started, because it, it really is different than what it looks like from the outside. Um, so yeah, definitely if you want to reach out to me uh, there, that'd be great. Yeah, we may have a new Ironman or triathloner <laughs> <laughs> that that comes as listening uh, to, this, to this episode. But thanks so much for <laughs> thanks so much for joining today, Brett. It's been great having this conversation and I appreciate you joining. Yeah, no, thanks so much for having me on and I uh, look forward to listening to your future podcasts too. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Experience Junkies podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please leave us a review on Apple or Spotify so that other listeners can find the show. Be sure to join our Discord channel. This is a great place for you to give feedback, talk with me, talk with our guests and other listeners, and share your experience junkie tales. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day.